Morning, team. Four minutes past five. Nice to be company. Welcome to Wednesday. Three bits of exciting news. Madonna is going to be appearing on Question Time. <laughs> God, we have scraped the barrel. Uh, the good news is that Jordan, or is it Katie Price, or is it Katie Andre, or is it... Oh, I don't know where I am today. Uh, she's going to be uh, filling Pamela Anderson's sexy red swimsuit as a Baywatch babe. Oh, my God, look! There's somebody in the water! You can imagine, can't you? Apparently, uh, Katie Price is going out there at the insistence of uh, series legend (laughs) David Hasselhoff. Well, they're going to be making a Baywatch film. And the idea is it's not going to contain anybody from the the series on television, mainly because they're all geriatric. In fact, she's going to be third... I don't think they're going to use her at all, to be honest with you, because they've got better-looking people out there. In fact, people who look like her are generally either sort of classed as hookers or extras, you know, third woman to drown in sea. They're not going to give her anything prominent because she can't speak. I'm hoping she's going to be third woman drowning in sea. (laughs) Not rescued, but kept afloat by her breasts. I think that could be the funniest thing ever. Because she's also, she's got so much fake hair, you can't get it wet. Because if it goes wet, you suddenly realise it looks like where it came from which is a yak, and unfortunately, you know, they'll be dragging her out by the hooves. So it's not going to be very attractive at all. They're, they're just so desperate, her new agent, to try and get her some, some kind of interest in America. The trouble is, as I said earlier on, they've got better-looking women parking cars in America. Everybody is glamorous. Every single person is glamorous. And they don't want some way past it old has-been like her, do they? I did like the idea, though, that they were going to put Madonna on question time. Talking about what? Are we that desperate that we have to scrape the barrel, you know, and put Madonna... I'm sure she's very sweet, but frankly, you know, come on. And if proof were needed, and we do need proof in this particular instance, I said that the moment Michael Jackson died, his ghastly family are going to be selling him down the river. And, you know, I've never been proved more right in my life. First of all, Latoya... Oh, I don't know, Michael really loved me. Uh, has sold him down the river. She's got her 30 pieces of silver, coming up with some of the biggest garbage you've ever heard. And now the latest one on the mirror, Tito Jackson has broken his silence. Yeah, because obviously somebody lined his pockets with a bit of money. Tito's the idiot with the bowler hat. You remember Tito. He's the one who came over here. They were doing a reality show with the Jacksons moving into a village in Devon or Corm- wherever the hell it was. Uh, another one saying here, uh, I wept as Janet said, he's dead. I bet you did, love. I bet you did. We'll bury him at Neverland. Now, this is in total contrast to Michael, who hated Neverland, uh, his mother, who said that nothing's ever going to happen at Neverland because that's the scene of some of the uh, the so-called abuse and that's where the interviews took place, so they don't want to bury him there. But Tito's going, we'll bury him there. I don't think, actually, Tito, it's got bugger all to do with you either. We told Latoya the other day and we're telling you. It comes down to his mother. His mother is the one who's alive. It's got nothing to do with you. In exactly the same way as if, you know, my parents were still alive and I dropped dead tomorrow, then my parents would decide where I'd be buried. It wouldn't be my brother's decision. It'd be my parents. So, you know, Jackson family, keep your big mouths shut, please. We've had enough of it. We're not interested in drugs. We're not interested... I mean, they're rehashing the same old rubbish about poor old Michael. As I said, not so much dancing on his grave, and he's not buried yet, and the reason he's not buried is because they haven't quite decided where to bury him. So that's why they've shoved him in his casket. Poor soul is not under the ground. 
And unfortunately, all Cheeto's done is rehash the same old crap we've heard before. Michael wore makeup because he had vitiligo. Michael used to eat a lot of carrots, so his hands went orange. Michael loved his children so much he did this. Michael did this. Michael took drugs. We confronted him over drugs. We, we burst into Neverland. What an irritating... Small wonder... Poor Michael Jackson didn't want anything to do with his family at all. They were just a millstone around his neck. You know, from the ghastly Latoya to Tito. Uh, and now, apparently, we are told that poor Elizabeth Taylor is so grief-stricken over Michael's death, she's been admitted to hospital. It's only 77. Now, I say only 77, because in, in terms of age nowadays, that's actually quite young, because there was a picture in the paper the other day of Olivia de Havilland. Olivia de Havilland starred in a lot of Hollywood movies, mainly with Errol Flynn. Now, Errol Flynn was well known for, for doing what is laughingly known as the Colombian marching powder. Errol Flynn, and most of Hollywood at the time, was snorting up most of the rainforest. It was going up their noses. He used it for sex. He did it for everything else. And there was always the rumour that Olivia... And uh, Errol had had a relationship, and she said, no, we never did. It appeared in people's books that we had. She said, it's because we had great on-screen chemistry. She's 93, but she looks fantastic. I mean, I looked at the picture of her in the paper, uh, because she went up for the, uh, the role in Gone with the Wind of whoever the lead was, which went to Vivian Lee, and she became, I think, a sister in it. But she looks fantastic. She's the only surviving member of the cast, I think. There's nobody else alive from the film. She's 93. She looked about 65. Six she looked absolutely amazing. And some people are like that. Some people just don't age. Elizabeth Taylor, you know, in and out, eight husband. I mean, probably the poor dear is so exhausted. In and out of hospital. You know, what do we do with the hair today? I remember reading a, re a report on Elizabeth Taylor years ago. And they said that she systematically, for everything she turns up to, turns up late. Fashionably late. Now, I always think fashionably amateurish. Because if somebody says you're due here at 11 o'clock, that's the time you turn up. You don't turn up. I mean, if anything, whenever I go anywhere, I turn up early. I'd rather get there early and sit in the car as opposed to fill up going, I'm really going to be a little bit late because the later you are, the more it panics you. So I prefer to turn up early. I get there in plenty of time. If I've never been there before, I check it out on the internet. I print off the uh, AA route map. And I do all these kind of things, just so I know exactly where I'm going. Because there's nothing worse than driving around going, do you know, I can't find your house. Been around three times, where is it? And they go, oh, I'll, I'll stand at the end of the road with a balloon, OK, and then you'll recognise me. That's how it goes. Well done to that family. It's the family of Ted Newton. He's 69. He used to pay for the lottery ticket every week, and his, he'd say to his kids, listen, when are you going to give me the money for the lottery ticket? And they went, yeah, soon, Dad. They never did. Anyway, they scooped uh, just under £8 million. And so he's split it evenly between all of them. I think him and his wife have got three children, so they're all going to end up with, you know, a little bit of money, a little bit of about one and a half million pound each, which is not bad. But he said to the kids, listen, I want a thousand pounds from each of you, and that's, that's going to go to charity. I don't think three thousand pounds is particularly exciting to give to charity when you just want eight million, but that's neither, it's nothing to do with us, is it? You can do whatever you like, I'm afraid. I did, uh, I did feel for the uh, conductor, Edwin Downs. Did you read about Edwin in the, in the paper? Yesterday, and his, uh, his wife, Joan. Uh, Joan had just been diagnosed with, uh, with cancer. And uh, she'd been given a few weeks to live. He was blind. Uh, he was 85. She was 74. And he decided, rather than, you know, see her die and have to live through that, he decided that they would go to Dignitas in Switzerland and they would die together. So they did. They journeyed over to Switzerland with their children. 
and uh, they drank their little cocktail. They lay down on the uh, on the beds. They held hands. They fell asleep within ten minutes, and then they died. And that's what they wanted. He didn't want to live without his beloved wife, Joan. I think that's really courageous. I think that's really courageous. To actually make that decision. He was blind. He thought his quality of life without his, uh, his lovely wife just wouldn't have been worth bearing. And the heartache. So they decided to end it together. I think that's really good. And, of course, now you get the police interfering. People say, well, we're going to have to interview the family and all the rest of it. But uh, it's what somebody wants to do. It's what somebody wants to do. It's like, you know, we all criticise David Beckham, don't we? Because David Beckham's had... More tattoos. I mean, you wouldn't have thought... Oh, fab. You wouldn't have thought that David Beckham could actually have any more tattoos. Thanks, Anna. What's that one? Oh, is that, oh great, great, great. Oh, lovely, that's thank you. That's, that's a maybe, OK. We love maybes. I'm, I'm quite good with maybes. I do maybes. Actually, really... Oh, I must just... Yes, so, so David Boy Beckham has had uh, more tattoos done in celebration of his marriage to his wife. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me, Vic. Sorry, the excitement got to me. And so he's had tattoos done around his arms. He says apparently the pain's worth... He looks more trailer trash every day than you can ever imagine. But if that's what he wants to do, fair enough. You know, I don't criticise some for having them. I just think it looks silly and stupid. But he's now become so addicted to it. Perhaps he thinks it makes him look butch. I don't know. Perhaps people think tattoos make themselves look butch. So he's had these roses done round the top of his arm. I mean, it really is quite disgusting. He must be, it's only because he's David Beckham they'd allow him to get away with it. Anybody else would be going, don't you just think you look a little bit stupid? You know, one or two tattoos, Davy boy. But not exactly a whole body done, matey. Lord knows where else he's got them we're not aware of. Anyway, all of that and more this morning on uh, Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. 84850, uk. Thank you, incidentally, for all the people... Viewing the uh, the YouTube videos. My God, even people in the office have been viewing the YouTube videos. Very good. Very good, some of them. Very good. And, uh, and Dee says, no wonder took Michael took drugs with leeches for a family. Janet seems the only sincere one. Didn't think too much of his mother. She let him be abused by a thug of a father. Uh, they're just a, an awful family. The trouble is, the only person who ever made the money was Michael. The only person who's going to make the money in death is Michael. If Tito dropped dead tomorrow and Janet, there'd be nothing. Absolutely nothing. They haven't got anything. Tito is saying in the mirror today, and you can only hope it's a, it's a joke of the worst possible kind, that uh, they want to open Neverland as an amusement park. I don't think that's going to be happening, Tito. But of course, it would provide you and the rest of the family with a bit of income, so why not sponge off Michael in death? Did it in life, you might as well do it in death, but he left you nothing in the will. Not you or any of your brothers and sisters one penny piece. It only went to his mother the three children, who you feel sorriest for, and um, a couple of charities. And that was about it, I'm afraid. Uh, we got a how low this morning. This one finished at 6pm this evening. It's a 42-inch LCD television. Details coming up in a moment. It's 5.15. These are the headlines. Researchers from Imperial College say current methods of recording swine flu may be inaccurate because many people are staying at home rather than seeing their doctor. The number of people who are out of work is expected to have gone up when the latest unemployment figures are released later. And a backpacker from Muswell Hill missing in the Australian bush for 12 days has been found alive. Other hikers spotted Jamie Neal just by chance. Let's have a check on the uh, roads for you this morning. It's Jay Louise Knight. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Well, not a bad start, but there is... Conversation. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Quarter past five. Apparently, uh, Jacko's former wife, Debbie Rowe, Last night, Blasted claims she struck a deal to let his mother have custody of the kids. Uh, Debbie was said to have agreed a new £2.5 million fee to give up her rights to the children, Prince Michael and Paris. 
Isn't it disgusting the way money comes into it? Doesn't it just make you feel physically sick to the stomach? They go, I tell you what, she's already had, bearing in mind, about six and a half million pounds, you know, just to use her body as a receptacle, so they had the, the children. And uh, Michael's children, not really, somebody else's children, but they pretended they were Michael's because he kind of paid for it. And so six and a half million quid later, uh, no, I've not struck a deal yet. Because she's obviously thinking, wait a minute, this estate could be worth a lot of money. I want serious money to give up children. Isn't it disgusting? It just makes me feel sick. Makes me feel sick. Uh, they've got the last photograph of Wendy Richard in her last acting role. Doesn't seem possible, does it, that uh, that we've lost her in February? Only 65. I'm reading this all the time. Uh, we found another benefit fraudster. There's always one in the paper every day. There must be thousands, but uh, the papers find them. Uh, this is one here called Mohammed Abdur Rashid. Uh, he actually claimed benefits in his mum's name while she was living in India. Fantastic, isn't it? What an old crook you are, Mohammed Rashid. He not only claimed pension credits, disability allowance, housing and council tax benefits. He comes from Swansea. What an old crook. He was bailed for, uh, for pre-sentence report. Do you know, he claimed 90,000 quid. Now, to be honest with you, I would be round that house. He's obviously spent the money on televisions and perhaps a car or something like that. I would strip him of all of it. Absolutely everything. None of this mamby-pamby, let's faff around here, you know, and sort of say, well, you know, he said he's sorry. No, of course he's not sorry. He's only sorry because he was blooming well caught. What you do is, short, sharp, shock, OK? Bailiffs are coming round to your house. We'll send Mark the bailiff round and you strip out the house because every single thing you've got in there, you've thieved your little so-and-so. So you take it all away. If he's renting the house, you kick him out on the streets. You can do what you like, pal. Go and live with your mother in India. But we don't want sponging little so-and-sos like you over here because it's just ridiculous. £90,000. And he's, the worst thing is, he's just the tip of the iceberg. There's probably thousands and thousands, millions of people who are claiming benefits who are not entitled to it. You know, but they, they do it. Jane Moore today is talking about uh, the dreary, self-obsessed Mrs Sting. This is Trudy Styler. This is uh, film producer, rock star wife, and also earns various grand homes in desirable locations. She was also brought up on a council estate. Do you remember all the stories about Trudy Styler? All these people who sort of get terribly, terribly bosh and all the rest of it. It turns out they're only a bit of old council. Nothing the matter with that. But they sort of try and elevate themselves and pretend they're little something specials and we do tantric sex. We don't actually do the proper sex. We do tantric sex. Me and my husband, Sting. Sorry? Sting. That's what people call him now. And uh, so she's bringing out a fitness video. You know, showing you poor people how that, you know, if one works so hard, one can have a body like mine. I mean, it frankly is the most patronising load of old guff I've ever seen. Fitness videos. Fitness videos. I've told you before, told you before, don't ever go and buy a fitness video. It's not really worth it. You want to lose weight, you know, go to the doctor, they give you a diet plan, get some exercise, and that's it. You know, buying a £17 video from some overstuffed sofa isn't going to make the slightest difference, because all they've done... He's just got a personal trainer in for a few months, lost the way. Look at Colleen Nolan. Look at the state of that. And people bought the fitness video. Do me a favour. You wait till you see her dancing on stage. I gather they have sold a few tickets to go and see the Nolans in their comeback. So that'll be good, won't it? We're quite looking forward to, uh, quite looking forward to seeing the Nolans on tour. I've noticed that, um, uh, what's her name? Cheryl. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, Cheryl Cole actually uh, went to Los Angeles and she's done a... Um, She's done a posh spice thing. What she's done is she's uh, got on the flight in, like, pyjama kind of things, and then what you do is you change. So when you get off the other end, you have your hair done and you look a bit glamorous, and that's exactly what she's done. Everybody does it. It just seems a bit funny, you know, when you see Cheryl doing it, because they, they won't understand a word she's actually going to say. 
Not a clue in America. We've already said they might actually have to put in, you know, some uh, some subtitles underneath. So this is what she's saying, poor soul. I love the story of Katie, spelled K-A-Y-T-I. It's a funny spelling, isn't it, of Katie? Uh, Katie Ella Dreyer. Uh, Katie Ella had flown in from Jamaica with her golf clubs. And so when she gets there, the customs men look at her and they go, hello, Katie, how are you? She goes, oh, what? And they go, oh, you play golf, do you? What's your handicap, dear? What did she reply? What did she reply? She said, I'm not disabled. And they went, you don't play golf, do you, love? She went, yeah, I do. They went, so when we say, what's your handicap? Yeah, I said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not disabled. No, we know, dear. And uh, that's why we asked about your handicap for golf. And you don't know what it means, do you? You don't play golf. She went, no, I don't play golf. So there they, they took apart her golf clubs. £86,000 of cocaine in there. Poor little Katie, the thickest uh, under the sun, is now residing at Her Majesty's Pleasure for four years. Should have made it 20. Should have made it 20. These, uh, these drug mules, they're all doing it for a bit of filthy lucre. No excuses needed. What, what, what she's done is... She took the uh, money and she was hoping she was going to get away with it. OK, simple as that. Didn't do anything else. Just took the money and got caught because she didn't know anything about golf. Oh, Katie. Never mind. In prison. Because the misery you could have caused with that, I think you deserve to go to prison for a long, long time. There's also another foreign drug dealer who claims she shouldn't be deported as she's now a lesbian. She's a Jamaican, named only as A. She claims she's in a relationship with an, <coughs> an inmate, sorry, at a prison in Surrey. Because, of course, if you go into prison, there's a very good chance that within a very <coughs> excuse me, short space of time, you're going to be having a relationship with somebody. So this one said, I can't go back, I'm afraid, to Jamaica because they're very anti-gay. And what's going to happen is I'll get beaten up and the judge has gone, I think you're a compulsive liar. I'm afraid we don't believe a word that you're saying. So uh, we'll wait and see what happens. And the other poor soul is Linda Ware. Uh, Linda Ware has got a, a council flat, and she's been threatened with an ASBO. Why has she been threatened with an ASBO? She's 61. She's quite caring. In the foyer of the flats, she decided to grow tomatoes. Now, to be honest with you, I'm sure it looks absolutely lovely from where she's sitting, but uh, an estate chief paid a visit after a neighbour complained they were making her ill. Uh, Linda comes from uh, South Wales... He said insecticides and sprays were affecting other people's health, but I don't use them. He then said they were a fire risk. I removed them, but he gave me a slip saying you've been uh, visited concerning your antisocial behaviour. Have you noticed how many Welsh stories we're getting through at the moment? So what she was doing in the foyer of the flats is growing tomatoes. And everybody else is like, we don't want tomatoes growing here, love. I'm terribly sorry, because they need bees coming in, because the bees have got to pollinate these things, and you do get aphids and you do need to spray. I mean, she said she wasn't. But uh, it really depends. They, they say that they're a, a fire safety risk. I don't actually see tomatoes as uh, as being a uh, a fire safety risk. But there you go. It's something that's worth uh, thinking about. Because there must be loads of you listening that probably live in council flats. And you probably put plants out. And um, and you've just sort of decided that that's what's going to, to brighten up the foyer. But do be careful. Do be careful. Because it's, uh, it's probably not going to be uh, working for much longer. OK, well, you heard the story on the news about the backpacker from Muswell Hill, missing in the Australian bush for 12 days. He's been found alive. Jamie Neal had gone for a walk in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales but failed to return. Other hikers spotted him by chance. Joining us now is Denise Savoya from Nova Radio in Sydney. Denise, good morning. Hello, 
Hello, how are you? I'm fine. I mean, this is... I mean, we. I promise you, we really didn't expect a happy ending. You must be as surprised as we are. We definitely are surprised. I mean, obviously, it's an amazing surprise. You don't often hear about stuff like this. So, um, yeah, it's a great story for us today and a great story for you, I imagine, as well. Absolutely. How does somebody survive for 12 days in the bush? We have no idea. Um, his, Jamie's father told the media here that he was a very experienced um, bushwalker. Um, but uh, apart from that, I, we still don't know. We haven't heard any of the, the details about how he survived or you know, what he was up to. As far as I know, he's uh, still at Katoomba Hospital, but um, we've seen pictures and, and he looks quite well. He, he, he doesn't look like someone who spent 12 days out in the bush. So, um, yeah, he, he's, looking, he's looking quite good. He walked into the hospital. He didn't need any help at all. Um, but the people who found him said that he looked a little bit exposed and a bit dehydrated. But other than that, he's said to be in really good spirits. I'm told that the problems out in the bush are A, during the daytime when, of course, the temperature gets up, but B, at night when the temperature plummets. Yeah, it, it can get uh, down down to as low as zero. Um, I don't believe it has been that cold this winter yet, but it is it is very very cold at night, definitely. What happens now to uh, to Jamie? Well, he's as far as I know at the moment he's still at the hospital. Um, his uh, father was apparently told that he had been found just as he was boarding a plane um, back to the UK, which is quite amazing. Um, he was, I think, uh, taken by a helicopter out to Katoomba, which is about two hours out of Sydney, and um, all the media was all waiting there. Um, they were hoping he would say something, but he didn't. He just sort of uh, put his hands in the air like he was very, very happy, um, and uh, they're all in the hospital now, but, um, yeah, we're, we're waiting to hear more um, as that happens this afternoon. I didn't realise that the bush was so big that you could actually lose people and your, your combined rescue <laughs> services. I mean, it's, it's a vast area they cover, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, the Blue Mountains are quite, uh, quite large. Um, we did have a, a case um, where a, a, a young boy went missing and he actually died, and that was over summertime. So it, it is quite, quite, um, quite a big area to go missing in, yes. Well, good story for you, even better story for us. So uh, happy, happy smiling faces all round, Denise. Definitely, yes. We're all very, very happy to hear the story. It's, it's, it's great news. Lovely. Thanks very much indeed. Denise, thank you for joining us. Denise Savoya from Nova Radio in Sydney. So good for Jamie Neal and to survive two weeks out there, because I seriously promise you we didn't expect anything like that. Over here, I think people were practically writing him off, as, uh, as Denise just said. They had another young man who went missing, and he, uh, he tragically was, uh, was found dead. So for him to be found alive and surviving. But his father said earlier, didn't he, on the news, he said if anybody can survive these, uh, these temperatures... You know, he can. He's sort of well-equipped for that. But two weeks, fantastic. Well done. So nice to bring a happy story to you in the morning. We don't often bring happy stories because mainly the stories are, are just dreadfully dreary. Oh, good news, actually. Good news on the Susan Boyle front. Apparently she's uh, flown back to Scotland. In other words, they've dragged her into the studio. She better start recording as quick as possible. And um, she's going to do the cover of her debut album. Yeah, right. <laughs> She'll never be singing this one live, let me tell you. Uh, the, the reason she's doing it in Scotland and in West Lothian uh, is that she wanted something to reflect the fact that she's hugely patriotic. It says here, she might be a megastar, but she's not forgotten her roots. She's not a megastar, I'm afraid. She's just an ordinary little, ordinary little dumpy woman from West Lothian whose voice is quite average and who gets very stressed out when she has to sing more than one song. 
They hope to have the album ready for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm telling you, the album will be ready. There's no hope in it. It's a case of either we're cashing in on the Christmas market or we might as well give up now and go home. We've spent enough money on her. I do love Sarah Nathan writing in the sun, though. And the, and the reason I love Sarah Nathan is because she's always so late with her stories. Here we are up until Wednesday, and she's only just printed the pictures of Steve Jones from Channel 4 with this uh, Hayden Panettiere, this, uh, this actress. She's only just done it today. It's Wednesday, Sarah. I mean, I know you've got probably a lot on your plate, and judging by the size of you, you've had quite a lot on your plate, but these are three days old, these pictures. We had them in the Sunday papers, and you're doing them now. Dear me. Uh, Jack Duckworth is moving out of Weatherfield. But uh, the show bosses in Corrie have said, don't worry, he is not leaving the show. Bill Tarmy is 68. 68. I don't think he'll leave the show either. I think he'll stay there. Some people were born to stay in Coronation Street for ages and ages. They should have brought back Mavis. I was campaigning for that for ages. Oh, I don't really know. This is LBC... No- 28 minutes to uh, six. They're talking of doing a Michael Jackson tribute show. Uh, over here on his birthday, August uh, 29 or whatever it is. And they're thinking about bringing over the Jackson brothers. God, blimey. Be like trying to move JCB diggers, I should imagine. And, uh, and Janet Jackson, which is a shame, actually, because poor, poor Janet's career has not gone well in recent years. Hasn't had a hit for ages and ages. Ever since the, uh, the top fell off, you remember, and that upset most of America. Most of America went into meltdown after the top fell off. And, uh, and her career went into freefall after that. I think she appeared once in a video with Michael, once. He was 50, remember? And uh, no money now, no money. So they've, they've got to think of some way of trying to sort of get, uh, get the money back in again, I'm afraid. Great they found that boy in Oz, says Dee. Bit daft to go off on his own, so I'm happy for his family. I bet they were thrilled. I mean, normally speaking, anybody else out in the bush for two weeks, you wouldn't survive. You just wouldn't survive. Dehydration would set in, unless you know about sort of looking after yourself out there. And the trouble is you don't realise, I know people say, uh, oh, it must be easy to find people. You've got search and rescue, just go up in a helicopter, fly over it, and there he is. But I'm telling you, it's not that easy. I told you, when we went off in the, uh, in the ship, we didn't see another ship for three days. It must be like on the Titanic. If this thing goes down, it's going to take ages for people to find less as bits of wreckage. And then you're looking for a little tiny thing bobbing around in the sea. So in the bush, it's, uh, it's even worse. Dreadful. Uh, Jason, who did the Saint-Tropez six-pack tan the other day? Was it Debenhams? Was it Debenhams or somebody like that? I can't remember. It was in one of the papers yesterday. Type it in on Google. Type in Saint-Tropez six-pack tan. This was the tan where, if you've got a smooth body, uh, they spray you one colour, then 24 hours later they spray another colour on the top to make it look as though you've got definition. I just think it's going to look like makeup. I'm sorry. Actually, talking of makeup, uh, yesterday in the building where Peter Andre... He was covered in makeup. Okay, don't want to say anything about it. Probably going off to do a television interview. Probably not. People who sort of do television and they put loads of makeup on them. And when I say a load of makeup, quite a bit of makeup. Okay. You know, enough makeup for you to notice. Oh, he's wearing makeup. You know, not that kind of thing. Oh, it's just a light dusting of powder. No, no, no. This was, uh, this was proper makeup. So he was uh, doing the rounds yesterday. Uh, he must be laughing like a drain, I should imagine, at the fact that uh, the ex-missus, although they're not divorced yet, is actually going over to America to star in Baywatch. Yeah, right. Believe it when you see it, ladies and gentlemen. Believe it when you see it. Won't happen. Uh, can you imagine? She goes over there. She'll be demanding her own trailer. And they'll be going, I'm sorry, darling, nobody knows you over here. Who are you? Well, I'm like, Jordan and I have got my own jewellery range, got books out, got like, really successful. What do you want to do here, then, and be an extra? Because I've got nothing else to do at the moment. I've, I've done my interview with Piers Morgan. She was saying on her Twitter page the other day, people criticising her for taking the money, she's given it all to charity. 
just good news, isn't it? At least one good thing comes out of it. I just can't believe TV companies actually pay that wicked old bag any sort of money at all to discuss private things like a miscarriage. I just find it disgusting. Uh, headline forecast today, Hakia tells us, sunny spells and odd isolated showers. I've got no idea what an odd isolated shower is. Because, you know, if, if it's odd... I mean, could it not just be an odd shower? Because if it's an odd, isolated shower, do you mean a shower with no friends? Is this a shower that sort of goes, I'm, I'm terrible, who are you? I'm isolated. Why? Swine flu, swine flu, swine flu shower. And because it's odd. So it's an odd, isolated shower. Becoming increasingly windy throughout the day. Oh, that's all we need. Mostly dry, less cloud around this afternoon. Maximum temperature, 24 degrees centigrade. Similar to yesterday. Pollen count is moderate. Sunset is 9.11, and tonight after some evening sunshine, dry and clear for most of the night, the wind will ease, cloud will build towards dawn. Dawn? Uh, 16 centigrade is the low, and sunrise tomorrow is one minute past five. Oh, well, that's it. Doesn't look very promising at the moment, I'm afraid. Really doesn't look very promising. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk I love the story of the guy who's in the paper today, and he rents out this mansion. It's got 12 bedrooms, and uh, some people rent it from him for £9,000 for an evening. And so he thinks, well, that's nice, £9,000, that's really lovely. And so they all, they're all in there, and, and then it gets to midnight, and there's all this dry ice floating around, and the DJ goes, OK, everybody, off with your clothes. And as the dry ice clears, this man looks out, and there's couples at it. They're at it everywhere. And it turns out he's rented it to a swingers club. 350 people had paid 60 quid each to go and have an orgy. You can imagine how horrified he was. So horrified that he's gone to the papers to say, this is just the worst thing ever. I mean, don't expect people to start doing that at a discotheque. Heavens above, we've all been to discos before in the past. You just don't expect come midnight, you know, somebody blows a whistle and everybody takes their clothes off. I mean, strangely enough, I did mention it earlier on, and one of our security men, I shall not name him for fear of embarrassing him in front of his wife, did say, have you got the address? Even worse. Johnny Brixton says, from the desk of Limp Opig to the Question Time producers, as a wannabe friend and wishing to bask in her reflected glory, please note, may I beg you, sirs, to include me on the next show, sitting known to that well-known English rose, Mad Donna of Mayfair, New York, Los Angeles and Malawi. The show will be running one and a half hours late because VIP Madge might be busy. Don't ask her any questions on marriage, religion, showbiz and anything about the normal English way of life. Plus, please, no attractive young women on the panel or in the audience. Everybody to be given a red piece of string. I hope I've crawled enough to get on the show. Oh, and by the way, I'm huge in Parliament. He will be doing that when his agents will be writing in. Lembidopic is a terribly funny man. The man's a buffoon and an idiot, I'm afraid. A complete idiot. The sort of people we don't actually want in, in Parliament. Should be voted out in the next one. Uh, are you watching Come Dine With Me? Um, did I watch it yesterday? I cannot remember if I watched yesterday. Because they're... <coughs> <coughs> sorry. <coughs> they're rerunning... An old um, coach trip, and I hadn't seen it, but it's the one with the um, the lesbians on there who are hated by everybody. It appears, and uh, one of them's very aggressive. There's a couple of very irritating fellas on there, but I'd forgotten about some of these people because it turns out the other day they had a Big Brother uh, reunion again. Always having Big Brother reunions, aren't they? And this time they brought back some of your favourites, because they had to bring back one of them whose name is um, Federico. I vaguely 
uh, remember Federico, but he was vile. He was the one that, that told them in the Big Brother house because they didn't know Michael Jackson was dead. So they then had to get confirmation because they're a bit, they're a bit um, isolated from the news. So nobody told them Michael Jackson was dead. As indeed, you, why would you want to tell them? No, you come out of prison, Michael Jackson dead, and apparently some people said, no, you're joking. Went, no, no, he really is. They haven't buried him yet, but he did die some time ago. They're sort of just shunting his body around all over the place. And uh, so not only, <coughs> excuse me, did they bring back Federico, they also brought back Craig Coates. Cast your mind back. The vilest person, well, one of the vilest, they brought him back, the ghastly Makosi. Remember Makosi, another dreadful old liar whose career disappeared completely? And they brought back Anthony Hutton. Anthony Hutton, uh, were, uh, one, uh, another one of these uh, professional northerners. And Craig, no, he, he, he might have won, but Craig was the one who fancied him. And do you remember Craig the bunny boiler? Craig the ugly queen in the Big Brother house, who then starts throwing tantrums in there because Anthony is going, look, I'm not interested. I'm really not interested. So Craig throws his toys out of the pram. Craig, and if you ask me what he's doing now, I can tell you, he's doing nothing. He opened a hairdressing salon called Craig Coates, and it collapsed. Completely collapsed. Nobody went there. Nobody was remotely interested. So a uh, load of money wasted there. Uh, what's Mikosi doing now? I don't know, but it'll probably involve charging, I should imagine. And um, what was the other one? What's Anthony Hutton doing? I don't know, actually. Probably not a lot. Hardly any of them did very well at all. They just became D-list and Z-list celebrities turning up to nightclubs and or being thrown out of nightclubs. It's like Makosi, Kinger and all those other revolting people. Just disgusting. They're really the sort of people, if you go out to a nightclub, you go, for God's sake, if I owned it, don't ever let people like that in. Please, God. And uh, I'm delighted to report that KFC have been wrapped over the knuckles. Why have they been wrapped over the knuckles? Because uh, I thought this one was wrongly worded. They had an advert that said that their chicken is delivered fresh every day. It ain't. It's not delivered fresh every day. They then tried to backtrack and say, well, we, we didn't mean delivered fresh. What we meant was the actual Kentucky Fried Chicken bit is we make it fresh every day. No, you didn't mean that at all. What you were trying to imply is that your chicken is so fresh, it's delivered to your shops every single day, which it isn't. They have three deliveries a week. So it's not every day, I'm afraid. And uh, the voiceover says, KFC fresh, on-the-bone chicken, every store, every day. So, in other words, it was a lie. It's called journalistic licence. They're allowed to do this kind of things. But uh, the ASA said the ad was likely to give viewers a misleading impression of the frequency of deliveries. KFC are trying to shake off their junk food image. It is junk food. There's, there's no two ways about it. It's extremely bad for you. Very bad for you. The, the, the chicken bit is good in anybody's books without the coating. It's the coating that's the, uh, that's the bad bit, I'm afraid. And, of course, it's the coating that people want to eat. But that's the bit that's bad. And people go, oh, I love the coating. Because otherwise it would just be a boring piece of chicken in a box, wouldn't it? With some lacklustre chips and a vionetta. Or a bottle of Coke or some beans or some coleslaw or other sort of rubbish that they tack along with it. But that's why it's all bad for you. And imagine the ones that used to be Kentucky had the licence taken away. And the reason they then became all sorts of other different sorts of chicken is because they were Kentuckys. Kentucky go round and investigate them. And if they're not using genuine Kentucky things, they take away the franchise. So, uh, in fact, a friend of somebody who we use on the show, his father, used to go round and uh, inspect these places. Because what they do to try and make more money, you know, being the little crooks that some of them were, is they buy their chicken elsewhere... They buy the, you know, all the, the raw ingredients elsewhere and they try and copy the same thing. So it wasn't genuine Kentucky. So they're all inspected very carefully. 
as I say, very bad for you, very fattening. <coughs> very fattening. Uh, how low today? It's an LCD television. It's 42 inches. It's huge. Huge. This one's got everything. Invisible speakers. Where are the speakers? I don't know. They're invisible. Digital built-in. Brilliant to gather the family around to watch your favourite movies. You know, those sort of movies that the family gathers around to watch. Way look at this one. Auntie Ivy on the beach at Cromer. How lovely, you know. Auntie Enid windsurfing without the aid of a board. Uh, the lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 6pm today. You text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and you send that to treble eight two one. So LBC, your bid in pence, and send it to treble eight two one. The bid will cost pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 6pm today. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions, which is lovely. Uh, Kaylee says, I'm from Sydney's number one music station, 2GB. Oh, we know 2GB. We're trying to get in contact with Jen Mills' mum, Jean. Can you help? Can we sort that one out for them? Yeah. We, we, we'll, we'll, what we'll do, uh, Kaylee, we'll, we'll pass it on to the news desk. OK? So nice, though. They do listen in Australia. I know they listen. 2GB, 2UE, they're all over there. Actually, strangely enough, the other day, talk about Psychic Steve. Talk about Psychic Steve. We were talking about Five's Company, and somebody said, oh, what happened to Paul Roseby? And I said, well, I know that Paul works with the National Youth Theatre. <coughs> Excuse me, lo and behold, I get um, an email from David Bloom saying, I wonder if you might be interested in having Paul Roseby on your show as he's the artistic director of the National Youth Theatre. And strangely enough, they've got a series of productions this summer entitled The Six Pack. One of them is looking at body dysmorphia. What were we talking about yesterday? Body dysmorphia. I get this email and I think, I'm more psychic than I realise. Body dysmorphia and Paul Roseby in the same email coming in. How fantastic is that? Noreen, good morning. She says, hope you're feeling better. I've heard one po- podcast and you weren't too good. Well, I mean, the programme was good, but I mean, I wasn't too good. Actually, what I'm going to do is, I need a day to rest my, uh, to rest my voice completely. So I'm going to take Friday off this week. So I'll be here today and tomorrow. I'm quite clearly here today. <laughs> Mentally, probably not. And here tomorrow as well. But, uh, <coughs> <coughs> thank you, as if to emphasise it. The good Lord sends me the cough again. Uh, I'll take Friday off just to make sure I've got two complete days just to do nothing and, uh, and rest it and gargle with vinegar or whatever people are suggesting. So uh, thank you for that, Noreen. She said, we, uh, we got back in one piece. I got there and back, because you know she wasn't looking forward to this motorway driving. Had one trauma, sitting by the broads at Horning. A man went overboard. Everybody was screaming and carrying on as he couldn't swim. People were rooted to the spot. So one man and I pulled him out. Then I offered him my latte to warm him up, and he took it. That's a tr- that's a, that's a, let that be a warning to you, young Noreen. Don't offer your lattes around. It's really not good for you. Quarter to six, the headlines. A backpacker from Muswell Hill who went missing on the Australian bush has been found alive after 12 days. Jamie Neal had gone for a walk in the Blue Mountains. The swine flu vaccine could be months away, according to the World Health Organisation. And the number of people who are out of work is expected to rise when the latest unemployment figures are released later. Uh, with the travel, Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Well, in Hertfordshire and Hatfield, I'm afraid the A4... ...87.3. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to uh, six is the time. Uh, Mark says, I decide to water my garden. As I turn on the hose in the driveway, I look at the car and decide it needs washing. As I start towards the garage, 
I noticed mail on the porch table that I brought up from the mailbox earlier. I decided to go through the mail before I washed the car. I lay my car keys on the table, put the junk mail in the garbage can under the table and noticed the can's full. So I decided to take the bills out on the table, take the garbage out first, but then I think, since I'm going to be near the mailbox, when I take out the garbage, I might as well pay the bills first. So I take my chequebook off the table, see that there's only one cheque left... My extra checks are in the desk in the study, so I go inside the house to the desk where I find the can of coke I've been drinking. I'm going to look for the checks, but first I need to push the coke aside so I don't accidentally knock it over. Coke's getting warm, so I put it in the refrigerator to keep it cold. As I head towards the counter with the coke, I notice a vase of flowers. They need water. I put the coke on the counter, discover my reading glasses that I've been searching for all morning. I decide I'd better put them back on my desk, but first I'm going to water the flowers. I put the glasses back on the counter, fill a container with water and suddenly spot the TV remote somebody left on the kitchen table. And I realise that tonight when we watch TV I'll be looking for the remote. But I won't remember it's on the kitchen table. So I decide to put it back in the den where it belongs, but first I'll water the flowers. I pour some water in the flowers... Quite a bit of it spills on the floor, so I set the remote back on the table, get some towels and wipe up the spill. Then I head down the hall, trying to remember what I was planning to do. At the end of the day, the car isn't washed, the bills aren't paid, there's a warm can of Coke on the counter, the flowers don't have enough water, there's still only one cheque in the chequebook, I can't find the remote, I can't find my glasses, and I don't remember what I did with the car keys. And then, when I try to figure out why nothing got done today, I'm really baffled, because I know I was busy all day and I'm really tired. And I realise that this is a serious problem. But first I'll try and get some help. First I'll check my email. Do me a favour. Forward this message to everyone you know, because I don't remember who the hell I've sent it to. Don't laugh. If it isn't you yet, your day is coming. True. Don't you all do that? Come on. The older you get, the more you get sidetracked. I start doing something. I think, right, I'll do... What do I do? I came in the bathroom for something. What did I come in the bathroom for? No, I walk out of the bathroom. And I get halfway down the toilet, back in the bathroom again, and so you sort of stand there, can't think, what else have I got to do today? I've got to do this, that, water the, water the plants, go water the plants. You go in the kitchen, you think, God, I've got to do the washing up. So you start doing the washing up. And so it goes on. And then at the end of the day, you think, what if I, I haven't actually done anything today? It's ridiculous, isn't it? Corin and Tony, good morning. They say, so the cough is still hanging on. A really good homemade remedy is Honeygar. Equal proportions of apple cider vinegar and honey. Oh dear, are you sure? Apple cider vinegar and honey. Love the Fives Company clips. I remember them well. I also recorded the show every day too and was very upset when it finished. Jan and I had a great afternoon at the studio when you invited us along. We were made to feel very welcome. Do you know, I couldn't remember you going there. I knew that, I'm sure that you had been, but I couldn't remember. It's amazing how many people, we're over a thousand on some of these things now. Consider it's not been seen for, for ages and ages and ages. <laughs> some say maybe it should be. Uh, 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, uh, maybe I've missed something, says Stephen. No, no, you haven't. We just sort of, we sort of moved on from that bit. OK, we sort of, we had it, and then we didn't. Uh, another one here says, KFC may be junk and it's bad for you, but it is delicious. I know, that's the trouble. All the good things that are bad for you, it's like ice cream. Tastes delicious, but it's really bad for you. But KFC is appallingly bad. You can't make... Do you remember McDonald's tried to do the same? They, tr- they started saying, I tell you what, we're going to make McDonald's healthy, so we're going to offer salads. You know, and people who eat McDonald's are going to go, a salad? I don't think so. I don't think so. Look, and here's an apple. Oh, don't be so stupid. Give us a muffin. And then you go into some places, don't you? You go to Starbucks and they've got skinny muffins. So you get these enormous people buying a skin... As if it makes a difference. As if it makes a difference. It's still a muffin. It's still going to fill you up. It's still going to be absolutely, you know... It's going to be (laughs) exciting and tasty. 
And that's why Kentucky Fried Chicken... In fact, you could probably all exist just eating the coating. Blow the chicken. Who wants to eat that stuff? It's boring, isn't it? Take, t- you, t- you, you take that off and try and get kids to eat the chicken. Oh, it's dull, isn't it? Of course it's dull. It's boring. Patsy says, I've just watched your 1970s makeover on YouTube. How cool were the boots? Thank you. <laughs> not sure if that's a compliment or not. And young Dan says, May I say, after hearing all the talk about the YouTube and the Five's Company clips, I had to check it out. All I can say is, you put a smile on Danny's face as we lay here in bed watching your wicked clips. So, Steve-O, love the suits. Got to say the sumo and the clown suits were the best. I don't think I've seen the clown suit. Have I seen the clown... I don't think it was a clown suit, was it? Was it a proper clown suit? Was it just a suit that I was wearing? Is that the orange one? That wasn't a clown suit. That was the quiz suit. I'll have to go back and check them. Like, oh, the tango one, too. Says that, well, there must be a different one. He says, you really did get everything thrown at you, but it looked like you enjoyed it. Going to crash out now. The girls and diabetes wear me out at the ripe old age of 34. Yes, 34, he says. Really uh, be good to do this uh, coffee. Are you recording in conversation tomorrow, being today? Still going to try and pop up to Leicester Square too, if that's OK. <coughs> we'll talk about that. We'll sort out a date. And uh, we'll see if we can sort it out. But uh, we should have had an in-conversation yesterday, but it all got very confusing, and then so we didn't. So we, we do have one today, but uh, we're sort of still waiting on different times and everything else. And then we've definitely got one tomorrow. We've definitely got Brian Connolly tomorrow. Haven't we, Brian Connolly's mum? I'm only saying that because I know she's going to be listening. Seven minutes to uh, six in the morning. Uh, Stella's found... Uh, Another come dine with me in coach trip. She said, it's uh, a new programme for you to view. Four weddings on Living TV Mondays at nine. It's a hoot. Four weddings and four brides get invited to each wedding and comment after it. I'm not sure that my, uh, my heart can, can contain excitement like that. Um, Nick Ferrari with you at seven this morning. They're talking about the thousands of people lining the streets in Wooten Bassett to pay their respects to eight British soldiers killed in Afghanistan. Nick wants to know why no politicians turned up. Aren't they responsible? for the troops being there in the first place. And following all the fuss surrounding the News of the World phone-tapping scandal, Nick will be asking political blogger uh, Guido Fawkes. It was all a load of fuss about nothing. I live in hope of having my, uh, my phone tapped. Please, make the life more interesting at the moment. Uh, very quickly, 84850 uk. Uh, here's one from... Um, oh, that's lovely. On August the 7th... To th- August the 7th. Oh, right. 2009. At 34 minutes and 56 seconds past 12, the time and the date will read 12345607 Doesn't sound as exciting, does it, really? 789. Won't happen again for another thousand years. Amaze your friends. God, imagine how dull your friends would have to be if they're amazed by something like that. Uh, I did say at the beginning of the programme that uh, Tito, out of the Jacksons, has sold his uh, story. And, uh, let's say we've had the same sort of thing. To be honest with you, I just wish they'd hurry up and bury Michael Jackson and got on with it. Me and my brothers and sisters burst into Neverland. That's why I never left you any money. Janet rang as I was driving and said, Tito, you have to pull over. She said, Michael had passed away. I just sat in the car and cried. Another one here, uh, which is, uh, oh, guess who's going to take on Hazel Blair? Can't bear Hazel Blair's. Cannot bear Hazel Blair's. You get certain politicians you can't stand, and she's one of them. And uh, now it turns out that uh, she might be dropping into I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I mean, because they're they're sort of desperate to put any old fool in there, aren't they? And um, Kevin Maguire is saying today that uh, Belle, Esther Ranson and the ludicrous David Van Day talk as if they won seats. If I had a second home, I'd bet on them losing. This is uh, Mr Bell, who might be going, Martin Bell, to beat Hazel Blears. 
Apparently, a lot of Hazel Blear's supporters are saying they'll be behind Martin Bell. That's interesting. And now you know how much newspapers pay. I've been telling you for ages that it's uh, very lucrative. And Boris Johnson dismissed his wage from a second job as chicken feed. He earns uh, £250,000 for writing a column in the Daily Telegraph. A quarter of a million squid, ladies and gentlemen, for writing a column on top of his um, 140000 as Mayor of London. 140000 for being Mayor of London. He gives 50000 of that to charity. And uh, he picks up a quarter of a million from the Daily Telegraph. <coughs> Makes you wonder, doesn't it, how much some of the other columnists earn who've been there for ages. A quarter of a million for a column. He can bang it out, apparently, in half an hour. That's what you call easier. That's why there are so many TV critics and people like that who do columns in the newspapers who turn up on television programmes because they can supplement their income. It's almost as if newspapers is like sort of a, you know, just a joke, isn't it? You do it at home. I remember, I think Eve Pollard used to edit The Express when she used to go away on holiday. She did it on a laptop. She could do it on a laptop. It was all, it was all done like that now. I thought, fantastic. That's clever, isn't it? Um, oh, here they are, JLS again, the little boys' band. And uh, apparently 2,000 fans were turned away from Monday signing in Croydon. Some of them having queued since the early hours. A source said the vibe around the boys is crazy. I know. It's so exciting. They're all wearing T-shirts. Lovely. Saying they've just been interviewed by somebody else. So they're quite clear they're, they're prepared to do anything. Of course, the questions are, can they sing and dance? And the answer is, no, they probably can't. I shouldn't think so. All the postmen are out on strike. Postmen have decided they don't want to work at the moment, so they're, they're out on strike. 12,000, I reckon, uh, will quit and strike in a row over jobs and pay. You'd never believe, would you, that we're actually in a recession and people go out on strike now for jobs and pay. And, like, you know, companies are struggling to keep afloat. And people go, I tell you what, unless we get more money, we're going out on strike. Well, I'll tell you what, go out on strike. See if we care. Perhaps somebody else will come in and, and replace you and we'll, we'll do it better. Ridiculous. Uh, another one here. Uh, it says, uh, two days off... Oh, this is Angela. We'll make all the difference. Eucalyptus uh, radiata Neal's yard. Deep penetrative chest massage with jojoba. Good Lord, I love the idea of jojoba. I don't know what it is, but it sounds absolutely fantastic. Uh, we'll have the racing a little bit later on. Find out uh, how we did yesterday. And Gordon, very naughty. He said, I'm mortified. It was Sandra's birthday on Monday. And whilst I remembered that... I forgot to ask you to wish her a happy birthday, because if you can have anybody wish somebody a happy birthday, it sounds so much better on Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. It's not quite the same as it. Oh, cards arrived. Is Steve Allen going to mention it? Well, I forgot. Well, that's not very good, is it? Because it means that hundreds of thousands of people get to hear it and share your birthday. So uh, she's 29 again. Pfft. Don't know if going to bring on the coughing fit. That's about it. And very special. So many thanks, Gordon and Sandra, from oh-so-fabulously-sunny tooting. Many happy returns of the day for Monday, courtesy of LBC. Introducing Vauxhall's Scrap and Save. If you're... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Eight minutes past six, Wednesday morning. We'll have a chat to Des O'Connor a little bit later on. Uh, Richard caught a bit of Dickinson's real deal the other day, and a lady brought... Because I sometimes... You know you people bring in jewellery? I've told you before, there's this advert running on the television at the moment, and it's, uh, it's called Gold by Post. And what you do is you put your unwanted gold in an envelope, which you've got from them. It's insured, but for how much? Because you don't know how much your gold is worth. And what you're doing is you're sending it off to a company who are coming up with a price and then sending you a cheque. And I'm thinking, but how do you know that you've got the best price for that? You know, I'm, I'm always worried about these kind of things, especially when it targets people who are desperate to, to sort of 
you know, make some money out of jewellery they've had. So somebody goes, oh, yes, I know you might have paid £500 for it years ago. It's now worth a pound. You know, and that kind of stuff. I don't know how they work it out. So I'm always very sceptical of that kind of stuff because it's appealing to somebody who needs money. I love the way they have a woman sitting on there who goes, oh, I had a pile of unwanted jewellery. What woman has a pile of unwanted jewellery? I mean, only somebody who's appearing in an advert. Ridiculous. Anyway, uh, Richard, who knows a bit about photography, says a lady brought in a rare Mark II MPP microcord camera. The dealer took one look at it and said, well, you know these things are dinosaurs these days with digital. Got out some money and offered her 20 quid. The lady said it was her father's camera and she'd like somebody else to enjoy it, so he offered another five. At that point, the Duke... You know he spent seven years for fraud in prison. Intervened and persuaded the dealer to up the price to 30 quid, at which point the lady accepted. Richard says, what a rip-off. That camera was quite rare and was worth at least £200, even with the advent of digital. The trouble is, it's, it's what they think it's worth at that time. So what they'll do is they'll say, right, we'll actually buy it for 30 if I can sell it for 80 <coughs> then I'll, I'll make a profit on it. I don't like any of the dealers on any of these programmes on television. All they're interested in doing, it's, it's like taking a car into a garage, isn't it? And, and they say it needs this doing, and you go, does it? And they go, well, yeah. You've got no idea. You're at their mercy. Of course, they know that you're at their mercy for the simple reason that you've taken it in to sell. And that's why, when I watch these programmes, I feel immensely... <coughs> sorry. <coughs> immensely sorry for people who've taken items in, which are quite clearly family heirlooms, and, and somebody said, oh, it's only worth this, and you think... Oh, I thought it was worth more. I mean, I've got a sideboard at home that I know is worth thousands. But I know my parents paid 100 quid for it because they had a budget. When they went out and bought their furniture years and years ago, they didn't have much money, and 100 pounds was a lot of money. So they went round and they did the sale rooms. And they bought stuff from the sales. I don't think they paid more than 100 pounds for anything at all. And you've got the... I've got this lovely piece of furniture with glass cabinets in the side and everything else. And I know it's probably worth about... £5,000. <laughs> it's enormous. Absolutely huge. Ken says, do come and visit Cromer again. Perhaps you can help find out why people talk about normal for Norfolk. I've no idea myself, but we do listen loud and clear. <coughs> Sorry, so you should too. I don't know. The cough was doing so well just before the news. We were doing so well. We definitely... So when I, uh, when I take Friday off, Christo is going to be sitting here, OK? Adrian in Morden says, in Glasgow, Jehoba is the month before November. <laughs> OK, you have to get these, guys. I'm sorry, some of these are quite old. Uh, doesn't James O'Brien do a newspaper column? No, he doesn't. He does a games column. It's completely different. Newspaper columns, where they're just reviewing games, doesn't pay very much at all, diddly squat, compared to Boris Johnson, who can cream off a quarter of a million from the... Te- it's not bad money, is it? It's not bad money. Steve, have you noticed? <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> How dirty London buses are. I've never noticed. It's because people just drop... I got on a train yesterday to go back, and it happened to be the Reading train. Now, I don't know if you've been to Reading recently, but, my God, there's some odd people who live there. And, uh, and sitting opposite me is this couple, and they then proceed <laughs> to pull down the tables in front of them and got out what can only be described as a picnic. I kid you not. We're still sitting at Waterloo Station, and I'm sitting there looking at them... And they unwrap their Tupperware box, and in the Tupperware box is the sandwiches wrapped in the metal foil. They've got little bottles of drink and crisps and everything, and they proceed to sit there on the train and stuff their faces with food. I felt like saying, don't you eat at home or something? What is this sitting on a train eating? (coughs) It's like getting on the train first thing in the morning, and people for some reason are eating their breakfast, which generally consists of something from Greg's. 
you know, a pasty or something like that. Or they'll be eating, I don't know, a burger. And you think, it's first thing in the morning. It's just disgusting eating. Oh, how terrible. Uh, Steve. So I got upstairs, and I couldn't quite remember why, but I knew it must have had some importance. So I stood around for a few minutes trying to remember, then gave up and went downstairs again. A few more minutes passed, then my wife called down to say, shall I put my clothes back on again then? It's an old one, that one, isn't it? It's like the husband who climbs into bed with his wife and he says, um, there you are, do you want to t- take an anodin? She goes, what for? I haven't got a headache. He goes, good. <laughs> it's a normal excuse, isn't it? Oh, not tonight, for good. I've got a headache. Really can't cope with anything like that. Actually, if you're going on beaches, chroma or otherwise, you've got to watch out at the moment for jellyfish. Jellyfish are all over the place. Barrel jellyfish, blue jellyfish, lion's mane jellyfish, compass jellyfish. Mild sting, I must tell you. Uh, the lion's mane is a very powerful sting. The one thing you must do with jellyfish, and also the mauve stinger, Portuguese man of war is the one you've all heard of, uh, don't touch them. They, uh, they know that they look very nice, but they've issued a, a warning from the Marine Conservation Society, which sounds posh, doesn't it? And they're saying, if you have a look around the Welsh coast and the Irish Sea, and uh, most, <coughs> excuse me, most of the beaches around England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland and the Isle of Man, there's hundreds of jellyfish being washed up. And in fact, we, we've seen epidemics, if you can have such a thing as an epidemic of uh, jellyfish. What they say is, don't touch them, but just contact the Marine Conservation Society and let them uh, know. Also, leatherback turtles. I've been spotted around uh, South Devon, Pembrokeshire and uh, Wales as well. So, again, don't touch any of these things. But the entire UK coast has got uh, moon jellyfish at the moment. They're harmless, very mild sting. I don't quite understand how they do sting. I've, I've not quite fathomed out jellyfish. You look at them, and we used to get them a lot in Hong Kong. Sometimes one would be washed up on the beach, and it, was, it just looked like a mat. somebody had emptied a jelly on the floor. And that was it. But the Portuguese men of war are huge, absolutely enormous, these things. So don't touch them. Because the kids will find it fast. Oh, look, it's a jellyfish. I'll pick it up in my hand. Ow! Don't touch them. Don't touch them. Uh, papers today, all talking about the, uh, the same thing, which uh, Nick's going to be talking about after the news at seven. This is the eight hearses. It's carrying a fallen victim. And, uh, and this is from Afghanistan. They also want to know, and they'll be asking the question with Nick this morning, why were no, no politicians there? Don't they feel a responsibility? The outpouring of grief was quite dreadful quite dreadful to, to be to behold you know with families waiting you know for their loved ones to come back in boxes not what they expected at all young men some of them 18 years old two 18 years old a couple of 20 year olds a 24 year old 22 year old 27 year old i mean it's just dreadful i mean we know that it's war and we know it happens it's just that we're so ill-equipped as an army we might as well just stand there with sort of powder puffs in one hand it's a waste of time and being in afghanistan's a waste of time anyway it's not solving anything it's absolutely solving nothing at all. One of the uh, soldiers was, was shot as he stood on guard duty. I mean, it's just that bad out there. You've got people out there and people around the world who are quite willing to risk their own lives. They'll drive suicide bomb vehicles. They couldn't care less. And what, 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 what hope is uh, against anything like that? Mark Everson, who died fighting in Afghanistan, says, I have a lack of food, radios and medical supplies. He came back in a box. I'll talk about that a little bit later on this morning. And uh, Wilfred Owen, a, a war poet from 1917, captured it all when he said, these men are worthy of your tears. It's terrible, really. It is terrible. I think it's about time it started overshadowing the Michael Jackson guff, which goes in every paper most days. Uh, the health minister 
Lord Darcy is stepping down. He will quit to focus on clinical work and academic research. Uh, Jane Moore is talking about um, eBay. <coughs> and also... Uh, wearing uniforms of courageous men, but they were all still somebody's baby. And she talks about our teen victims of bombs and budgets. And um, and the newlyweds, Martin and Daisy Roper, they made headlines. you remember why? Because they raid- made their rings from gold that they panned in Britain. Do you remember that? And I thought that was quite a good story. And uh, the last gold rush here was in 1869. And Jane says, around the same time, I would imagine, that Martin's tank top was last in fashion. Because Martin was wearing a tank top. Which I thought were quite fashionable, but obviously not. 17, ooh, 17 past six. News headlines, Matthew Schofield. A 19-year-old backpacker from Muswell Hills. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 19 minutes past uh, six. Steve, if 250,000 is chicken feed, I want to be a chicken. Absolutely. Who wouldn't want to be a chicken? A lot of people worried about me in swine flu. Now, I've had this for about three weeks now. I think we'd have had it confirmed a bit, a bit nearer the time. It's just an irritating cough that won't go away, which could be part of my medicine. But uh, it'll go. Don't you worry. It will vanish at some point. No swine flu, I think normally within about the first few days we'd have incubated something, but I've had it for three weeks. Uh, luckily, I don't have any other symptoms whatsoever. Achoo. Right, let's uh, quickly move on to uh, Steve Hargrave, who rushed off to the launch of the Beatles' newly remastered at Abbey Road and uh, is now a confirmed hoodie wearer, which is good news. <laughs> yep. We like I am. the idea of hoodies. Actually, I've just realised, when we were dubbing off the music, it's more Amanda was, and she was talking about this uh, track, Native New Yorker. She said, I can't find any singing. Of course, I suddenly realised it's Booker T and the MGs. He, he, <laughs> yeah. organ. he doesn't actually sing at all. <laughs> wasn't until I read it. don't I said, normally have that. Well, we exactly, don't I was do thinking, he, he was the one that did uh, Green Onions, and it's, it's a Hammond organ he plays. Do you want to play a bit of that first? Yeah, should we play a bit of that one first? Should we jump to that first? Yes, let's jump to that. Let's let's be all Um, out of sync. Yeah, yeah, Booker T, he's uh, he's announced a show that he's playing on on July the 30th at Bush Hall. He didn't do many shows. He was over here promoting his new album Mm. uh, recently. uh, Which he did. It's an interesting album, actually. I I, I listened to it, and yes, he doesn't sing. Uh, But he's (laughs) he's backed up by the drive-by truckers, who are sort of a modern-day younger kind of rock psychedelic type band who are quite good in their own right but they just back him up on this and also Neil Young's on the album that was called Potato Hole so yeah Booker T July the 30th Bush Hall uh, what is he 64 years old these days Yeah, still going strong we'll have a listen to this no singing no singing remember and uh, the song's called Native New Yorker Oh, I've not heard a Hammond organ played like that for ages. Now I'll bring back it, some memories. He's great. I mean, oh, he's it's fabulous. But he also I had really Green Onions. It. He also did. Oh, he's had loads of hits. Booker T and the MGs. Oh yeah, he's been around a long time. So Including that uh, one they use for the cricket. Do you remember? Dun 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 dun. You want it? You want it? Oh, oh I won't sing it. No. No. <laughs> it's very well known. <laughs> they use it for all the crickets. He's really good. Yeah, very good stuff. Very good stuff. So that's that one. Let's go back to the Pretenders. We'll go back to pretenders. Chrissy Hines, uh, still going strong. Yeah, they've been around uh, twenty odd years, and they all say still, still, still doing it. Really, the, the album that came out last year was uh, pretty good. I remember mentioning it last year actually when it came out. It's called Break Up the Concrete, um, but they're playing at Shepherd's Bush Empire tonight. I think there were tickets still available bizarrely yesterday, mm. um, but don't know about today. Um, anyway, it's it's pretty good. This is what the pretenders sound like these days. This is the title track from the album, Break Up the Concrete. I've got no idea what that was. That is, that is them. 
Is that them? Now, you know the interesting fact about this song that yeah. I think may have been There's, there's no singing on, on it. There's no, there's no singing. We have a, basically having a day of no singing today. We're, we're all about <laughs> the no singing. So what they've done here that is quite bizarre is that she's kind of in the other, the other track. They've mixed it left and right about where her singing is. Really? And now she's stuck in one track, which oh. I can only assume we're not hearing for some reason. No. I could hear her vaguely in the background, but, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, she might have been whistling in the wind. (laughs) She is there somewhere, old Christine. That's what happens when you get to her age. You you forget to come in. You know, someone sat there going, come on, love, start singing. And she forgot to start I thought I was listening to Willie and the Hand Jive. That's them. I quite liked her. I quite liked her with no singing, actually. Very odd. (laughs) Ah, no, I don't know, Willie. <laughs> anyway, uh, she's in there somewhere, bless her. She's, she's a bit quiet. Good for her. Uh, she's warming up. Lovely day. Richmond Fontaine. Yeah, Richmond Fontaine from Portland. Uh, the lead singer is called Willie Blorton, and he's playing a, a last-minute show. Uh, he's playing at Latchy this weekend, actually, that festival's on. Um, but he's playing a warm-up show in Brixton Windmill, which is more appropriate to us, on Friday. So they've got a new album coming out. The album is out on August the 17th which is called uh, the... Uh, we used to think the freeway sounded like a river. It's a long album title. But this is a song off of it. And so, yeah, Richmond Fontaine, You Can Move Back Here. Good Lord, singing on the programme. The rarity. He, he sang, he <laughs> sang, didn't he? He didn't hear about the rules this morning. <laughs> the rule is no singing. No God, yeah, singing. Well, people never learn. OK, I just very quickly, the uh, the Beatles remastered. Yeah, the Beatles last night at Abbey Road, they had the launch of the new... They re- remastered all the albums. So it's this kind of argument I get up again about whether you think they're just reissuing them to make a load of money or whether you really are kind of a, quite fanatical about the sound. The CDs were done pretty badly, apparently. They played the new versions last night. It sounded very, very good, very, yeah. very clear by all accounts. Um, the 9th of September is uh, when they released them, or the 9th of the 9th of the 9th, at the same time when they released the computer game. So, you know, it brings up all those arguments. Word magazine, very interesting articles on it all. And if you're really into your sound, you'll love the new versions, but do you want to pay another 140 quid for all the Beatles albums again? Yeah. And who, who, whose pockets are we lining this time? Who owns the Beatles uh, catalogue? We're owning... It's, uh, actually, they still get a lot for the artists. They signed a pretty good deal where they still get a lot of uh, residuals. So they'll get a lot from the money, from right. the computer game, for sure. But it right. is obviously Paul McCartney, Yoko Ono, Olivia Harrison and Ringo. They'll get a lot of it. Oh, right. um, and oh, then EMI, EMI getting a bit... I mean, I think, I think I've read they're pretty much 50-50. Yeah. They were on a really good deal, music-wise. Artists don't get that these days. So. Not bad. Just very, very quickly as well, because we've only got a few seconds. Uh, Michael Jackson, they're now saying a tribute gig <laughs> at the O2. God, you know, I, 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 like you said before, it's boring all these rumours, but yeah. I, I reckon they'll do something at the O2. We'll, we'll watch this space and, and move on. Nick Cave doing a reading from his latest novel as well, quite interesting. The Death of Bunny Monroe at, at the Roundhouse on the July the 24th. Okay. and uh, David Greyback with a new album on September the 14th. So Lovely. We'll look after that. Uh, and Cheryl Cole has flown out to America to record a new album. Ha, ha, Good ha, Good for ha, her. Ha, we'll we'll <laughs> look forward to that. Hopefully next thing on that one, Steve, we Absolutely. can play on the show. All right, kid, talk to you next week. See you next week. Take care. That's Steve Hargrave. It's LBC. LBC 97. 97.
just looks like it's going to rain today. I'm looking out the window thinking it should be sunnier than this at this time, 26 minutes to 7, but hopefully we'll make the sunshine in a moment when we have the horse racing, horse racing results. Get the teeth in. Uh, before that, our sports editor Phil Black is here with the other sporting headlines. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Good morning. It's thought uh, Emmanuel Adebayor only needs a work permit to complete a £25 million move from Arsenal to Manchester City today. The striker is reported to have already agreed terms and had a medical after City manager Mark Hughes confirmed yesterday talks were taking place. He's already added Carlos Tevez to the signings of Gareth Barry and Roque Santa Cruz this summer. Whilst Chelsea captain John Terry remains a major target, Hughes says he wants a squad to compete with the very best. Have the options and the flexibility to change things in terms of personnel and, and, and tactics. And, and when you have top, top players in, in key areas of the field, players that can produce moments of magic to win games, I now have... That type of player. England selectors are expected to make a decision today on whether Andrew Flintoff will be fit to play in the second Ashes Test, which starts at Lords tomorrow. He's said to be 50-50 because of his knee injury, with Steve Harmison and Graham Onions on standby to replace him. The team will practice at Lords this morning. Bowler Stuart Boards told LBC they're hoping for more help from the pitch than last week and can't wait to get going again. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's a great occasion playing at Lords. Uh, it's a very special place. Um, and hopefully the wicket will have a bit more pace than Cardiff did to, uh, to excite the faster bowlers. Uh, and hopefully we can put our skills into practice and, and get a few more wickets than we did in Cardiff. Just a day to go until the Open Golf at Turnbury gets underway. All the world's top players are in Ayrshire, putting the finishing touches to their preparations. Well, number one, Tiger Woods is again the clear favourite, despite never playing at the venue before, but he's been impressed. Well, the golf course is fantastic. I mean, it's in great shape. You know, the rough is up a little bit. We haven't had uh, the big winds yet, and uh, we'll see how the weather holds out. All in all, the golf course is just a, uh, it's a fabulous golf course. Double major winner Sandy Lyle has apologised to Colin Montgomery after accusing him of cheating. Lyle was referring to Montgomery's controversial ball drop at the Indonesian Open four years ago. He says he made the ill-advised comments out of frustration at missing out to Monty on the Ryder Cup captaincy. British cyclist Bradley Wiggins needs a good day at the Tour de France. A crash yesterday meant he dropped out of the top five, but countryman Mark Cavendish won his third stage at this year's race. And five race meetings taking place today. They go at Catrick, uh, Lingfield and Utoxeter, and then tonight at Worcester and Kempton. Well, Alex says, Mr Blacker asked if I could go through five years of tips and find the biggest. How sad does he think I am? He says, well, Mr. Blacker's best was the 3rd of Feb this year when he had Bright Sparky, who won at 10 to 1. Yep. The best return was my selection on the 25th of Feb, my birthday this year, when I had Russian Trigger at 15 and a half to 1. Biggest prize winner was Mr. Cushing, who on the 14th of March 2006 <laughs> had New Mill, who won at 22 to 1, but he had him each way and only got £25.10 profits. <laughs> so, uh, sad or otherwise, good stats. he's, good he's stats. got all the good stats there, hasn't he? Unfortunately, yesterday, with your uh, Atabas Allure, third. Mm. See, I'm, I'm these each-way things, I, I know, know you're not keen, but, you know, you've had a little I'm bit. Not, I'm an all-or-nothing type of guy. I know, I've noticed that, actually, <laughs> in the conversations we've had in the office. He's, he's all-or-nothing, it has to be said. Mainly nothing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> total loss now, £29.74, which is actually good. She had the big winner the other day. Alex had Satois Street, which came second. You see, I mean, I don't think he too much uh, too much persuading to go each way. No, he, he, he didn't on that one, though, did he? He didn't, no. Mm. He went for, for win only. He's lost £35. a short price. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's a little something well, in your yeah, pocket. Yeah. You, know, you go home with a sweetie in your pocket at the end of the day. I mean, it's better than going home <laughs> with no sweeties in your pocket. £35.85. So the gap is widening. So today we're off to Lingfield. It's a lost cause, he reckons. The 220 Shakalaka. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Not, not easy to say. I have a look at it carefully. <laughs> shakalaka, yeah, win only. 
Okay, um, I'm going to Catrick in the 3.30, Ingleby Lady. Ingleby Lady, I like mm. that. Ingleby Lady, okay. Each way or? Uh, no, to win. Oh, all right. Thought about it each way, because it's, it's sort of one of those... Yeah, what's the trouble with you? You're thinking about one. it, you just won't commit. I know. you just got to, you know, well, grasp whatever it with... I have, I think I did it about twice, and the, neither's won. Yeah, but grasp it with both hands and <laughs> go in there and, you know... So, shaka... Actually, there was a, a great reggae song years ago, and I can't remember who it was by, but it was called Boom Shakalaka. Oh, yeah, that uh, sounds familiar. It does sound familiar, doesn't it? If, if you heard it, you go, oh, yeah, Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. As you do. You know, you walk into <laughs> pubs and go, Boom Shakalaka, and it's probably something terribly rude. <laughs> <laughs> probably means something dreadful. Anyway, Phil, thank you. Thank you. Phil will be back with us uh, just after news at seven with Nick Ferrari this morning. He's back with us tomorrow morning where we find out how well we did in the horse racing. Boom shakalaka. You watch somebody all right in. I still like this uh, this woman here. I'm trying to now work out. Do you remember I told you about uh, Katie Ella Dreyer? Katie spelled K-A-Y-T-I, a complete bozo of the first order. Anyway, she's uh, she's jobless. No idea why. Probably because she's a drug mule. So she goes over to Montego Bay. This is a jobless person to Montego Bay. Uh, picks up all these drugs, brings them back. Uh, only they're stuffed inside golf clubs. So when she gets back here, they look at her and they go, oh, yes, sir, right, you, you, you play golf, do you? And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they start asking her questions about uh, what her handicap is. She thinks they mean, are you disabled? So she starts saying, no, I'm, I'm not disabled. And they go, no, well, what's your handicap, love? Do you know what a birdie is? Of course she doesn't know anything about it because she's a, she's a jobless mule. Uh, and to be honest with you, I don't know why, somebody who's on benefits is actually going on holiday to Montego Bay. I mean, quite clearly, she's been at it for ages. Anyway, she's now languishing for four years in prison. So there you go. Happiness all round. Happiness all round. Two thug brothers have had an Asbo hoodie band lifted because their mum bought them new ones. Jonathan Webb and Joshua, 18, two of the ugliest little toe rags you'll ever see in your life, were linked to over 300 crimes on an estate where they live. What is it with people who live on an estate and want to go and terrorise? Why don't they go and terrorise somebody? Why don't they go and sort of terrorise, you know, Wales or something? No, not Wales, the country, but sort of Wales in the ocean. Anyway, the duo and two Yob pals, members of a gang called the Honick Knoll Defence Regiment, quite clearly they're mentally ill, aren't they, were apparently handed the ban in April. But their lawyer told magistrates their mother went out in early this year and bought a load of cheap sports clothes, which happened to have hoods. But it's not because they want to disguise themselves to commit crime. Anyway, if they break these uh, rules, they've got to wear the uh, tops with the hoods down. And if they put them up, they're five years jail. Fantastic. Go on, put them up, boys. Go on, put them up. Go on. I tell you, if ever you see them, just pull, pull the hoods over the top of them. Get them in prison as quick as possible. 300 crimes on an estate. Ugly little pair they are. And the rest of their little girly friends. Uh, very quickly, and uh, Raymond says, thank you to all the kind-hearted cabbies who went on the South End trip yesterday and put a continuous smile on 300 children's faces all day. Great big thank you to the City of London Police who did an excellent job. They escorted them to Southend and back. They love it. It's a day out for them, Raymond. He says, uh, great big thank you to everybody involved. So well done, everybody there, for your nice day. And I hope you uh, enjoyed it. 84850, uk. Um... I don't know how they do it, says Tony. But if I were to try working for a security and a cleaning company, it would be impossible to even attempt to legally work for two companies. How does Boris do it? Well, loads of people have two jobs. Loads of people have two jobs. I mean, they don't... Because they're not considered full-time. It's not that you spend eight hours in each one. The newspaper column, he can actually do from his office. I should imagine he just sits there on the, on the computer, types up a few things, and then sends it down the line. And it's as simple as that. Soul Limbo is the song. Thank you to everybody about that. And, uh, Steve, I want to text about your cough. I have the same ticklish cough, and you set me off coughing. 
Ridiculous, isn't it? I know, it's, it's the tickly one, I'm afraid. Shaggy sung, shag, shaggy sung Boom Shakalaka. Well, actually, it was even before Apache Indian. This one goes back way, 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 way back into the, uh, into the reggae archives, even before that aptly named Apache... Where did he go to? Apache, and do you remember seeing him? Poor soul, honestly. Um, another one here. From Brian, who says, Doctor to patient, your cough seems better today. Patient, it should be. I've been practising all night. Thank you. And, uh, and there they were, says Sue. You mentioned the black cabs taking the kids to Southend-on-Sea. I happened to mention it to my husband. In the evening, he told me to look outside as they were passing our house on the way home. Much to my surprise, he went out to wave. So if anybody saw two people standing in the rain, waving to taxis while they hooted and waved back, it was us. And we did see an LBC taxi. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, they've got people giving you, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm sick to death of so-called experts on the television telling you how to eat food. You know, you eat what you want to eat. You don't need somebody like Jamie Oliver or Hugh Fernley Whittingstall telling you what to cook. So you've got two recipes today. Simple baked salmon with a dill yoghurt by Jamie Oliver. If you're listening on the council estates in Bermondsey, here's the recipe for you today, boys and girls, OK? So it'll be salmon with a dill yoghurt. Serves eight to ten, so it'll be the average family listening, won't it? I mean, the recipes are so poncy. They come... Do you seriously think that 90% of this country are going to be going, oh, I think I'll do a nice dill yoghurt with that. Of course they're not. It's rubbish. Scott Jeggs sounds, to be honest, a little bit more in keeping with Hugh Fernley Whittingstall. But this has got organic pork sausage meat. Oh, there's loads of that available in your local spa, isn't there? You know, I don't know where these people are coming from. They say here you need five large eggs at room temperature, a few sage leaves. Oh, we've all got those, haven't we? I'm just overwhelmed with sage leaves in my kitchen. A good pinch of ground mace. I'm sorry, the only mace I know is, you know, mace. A pinch of cayenne pepper, some freshly ground pepper, some white breadcrumbs and sunflower oil. Oh, chock-a-block with that in my cupboard. You can't get enough of it. Where are these people coming from? You know, what people want is sausage and mashed potato, not Ponzi stuff with cayenne pepper. They just want mashed potato. You put butter in it, OK? Get over yourselves. Oh, another one here. An easy way of cooking whole salmon fillets. This is, this is Jamie Oliver. So out of touch, it's embarrassing. I've cooked this one on a wooden plank in my outdoor wood-fired oven. Oh, we've all got one of those, haven't we? Get over yourself. So what you do is you take a whole salmon scaled, filleted and pin-boned. You all with this? This is what Jamie Oliver's come up with. Eight sprigs of fresh rosemary, extra virgin olive oil for the dill yoghurt. You need some, uh, some fresh dill, chopped, some juice and the zest of one lemon. Oh, well, you'll be running for this recipe today. Wait, where are these people coming from? Have they got any idea what people are eating in their homes? What have you got tonight? We've got baked beans on toast and to make it exotic, we'll sprinkle some grated cheese on the top. Okay, that's it. And if you're very, very lucky, it might cut up a little bit of back bacon. Dill. Five large eggs at room temperature. A good pinch of ground mace. Poncy food, isn't it? It really is ridiculous. They come up with it. Apparently the other day, and I heard the best thing ever, they had um, Claire, Claire, singer Claire, singer Claire, um, big brother, used to be in Brookside. Oh, I can't remember her name. Anyway, it's Claire Sweeney. And she was on a food, and they were uh, doing one of these food programmes with the very portly... Um, um, Anthony Worrell Thompson, and they had uh, Campo Gino on there. You know, the man with the hairiest arms. In fact, frankly, I don't know, I mean, sometimes his, his hair seems to be dropping into the bowl. But anyway, he actually was cooking something the other day, and it was, it was a potato pancake. She said it was the worst thing I'd ever eaten. I thought, it's about to, This is the man who got, so we cook these. You know, why do these people talk like this? Because they come off set and all, all right, darling. They can't speak properly, but at least you get normal. I mean, potato pancakes is at least reasonably normal, I suppose. <laughs> 
News headlines, Matthew Schofield. A 19-year-old backpacker from Muswell Hill has been found... Morning, everybody. It's 11 minutes to 7 next week. LBC 97.3 are giving you the chance to get involved in an economic debate alongside London Mayor Boris Johnson. From 7pm on the 22nd of July, Boris and a team of economic experts will be discussing the current financial situation and its recovery. With your help, the panel will debate how businesses and residents can support each other through these difficult times. The event, which is presented in association with LBC 97.3, takes place at the Fairfield Halls in Croydon. For more information and free tickets, go to lbc.co. UK. Okay, so that's for the 22nd of July. Uh, we've got a How Low as well. It's a stunning 42-inch LCD television. Great set. You know what a television I don't really patronise you and tell you what it is. It's a television. Okay, this one's big. It's 42 inches and it's got invisible speakers and digital built-in. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 6pm today. Text LBC. Then your bid in pence and send that to treble eight two one. So LBC, then your bid in pence to treble eight two one. The bid will cost one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at six pm today. You must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. I've noticed Tesco have got discount chickens now. You can have different. You can have a standard chicken two for six quid. These are ones which are hotly cooked. You know where they've got them spit roasted. I love spit roasted chicken. And two for £7, large and flavoured chickens. I'm not sure whether the £6 ones have actually got flavour in them or whether or not they weren't actually old enough before they were slaughtered. But, uh, but they're in the papers today. And I only mention that in case the fish and chip shop is listening in Twickenham. They're still charging £3.40-something for a quarter of chicken, which makes it about 12 quid a chicken. I don't know where they're getting theirs from, but by God, they must be eating gold dust, I would think. I need to get these prices down. Daily Mirror today... Uh, another member of the Jackson family cashing in on Michael's death and selling his story. The ridiculous Tito, I'm afraid, who's broken his silence uh, for, obviously, uh, money. I can't think of any other reason why they'd be doing it. Saying he's going to be buried at Neverland, which is in total contradiction to Barmy as a brush Latoya, who said he definitely wasn't going to be married at Neverland. But at the moment, Michael Jackson is still just in his coffin, being wheeled about forest lawns, as far as I know. I don't seem to be getting anywhere at all. Bit of a shame. £8 million, a lottery win for this family in Kent. So, uh, well done to them. They all look very happy, as indeed they would do. And uh, there's a couple here, former minicab driver, Richard Jerome and his teacher-wife Hazel, turn up, they look very plausible, and they want to rent a house. So they go to rent this uh, house, and uh, they they said they had homes in uh, Jamaica and Barbados. So they said, well, we'd we'd actually love to to buy this uh, property here. Cash offer. They were looking for vacant possession, moved in, and uh, they actually asked the owners if, while it's going through, they can rent the property from them. So, of course, anybody in this day and age is very, very grateful. They've got three children. They moved into the house, and that was where it finished. They didn't pay rent. They didn't pay utility bills. They're a pair of old crooks, I'm afraid. And uh, he's just gone to prison. Unfortunately, it's taken a year for the people who own the two properties that they scammed to get them out and get them into court. They didn't pay rent, and after a string of excuses, it became clear they had no intention of buying. This old crooked pair are in all the papers today. They're a pair of squatters. Because once they were in there, and then the the people who owned the place said, listen, you haven't paid anything, there was no £55,000 deposit, you're not doing anything, we want you out. They then went, no, you're not getting us out, we're claiming squatters' rights. Took them a year to get them out. Now, bearing in mind, this can happen to any of you. You can go out today, somebody can break into your property, change the locks, and before you know where you are, you can't get back into your own house. It's as simple as that. So that's why these people go around. This pair of old fraudsters carried out the uh, 
the scam on two properties with a combined total value of 800,000. 18 months they squatted for. 18 months. In fact, one of the ladies who owned one of the properties died during the 18 months. She didn't even realise that these people had no intention. It's just absolutely poor. He's only been jailed for 15 months. I would have thought hanging would have been better, you know, a little, little bit draconian. But frankly, people who take advantage of everybody else's goodwill, I'm afraid, don't deserve anything at all. They really don't. Uh, are the Michael Jackson fans happy at a, um, at a comeback tour, bringing over Janet Jackson? As I say, a career that's, uh, that's gone nowhere for years, so she's probably quite grateful to be working. With a bit of luck, she'll wear one of those outfits that just happens to fall open. Uh, and the rest of the brothers, who haven't done anything for years apart from reality shows. It's all a little bit, uh, all a little bit sad. Um, another one here. Oh, they're all talking about uh, Hazel Blears, and they're all talking in the papers today about this conductor, Sir Edward and Lady Downs. Their son was called Caractacus, and their daughter, it's either pronounced Boudicca or Bodicea. Caractacus, I mean, really? I only thought the name Caractacus came up in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but how wrong can I be? But uh, his wife was diagnosed with, uh, with a terminal illness, and he was blind. They'd been together for donkey's years, and they decided they wanted to die together. Who made the decision? I don't know. So they travel to Switzerland. They go to Dignitas. Sorry, Zurich they go to. And they go to the clinic. They drink this little liquid. Within ten minutes, they were asleep, and then they died after that. Uh, within ten minutes, both blissfully happy. Their son saw the assisted suicide and said that they couldn't, his, his father couldn't have lived without his mother. And then, of course, you get people who interfere and start saying, well, you know... Why, why are people doing this? And they go, because they've reached the end of their life. They don't want to, to have to go through. This man was blind, relied on his wife, given a terminal. 115 Britons have so far chosen to end it all at the Dignitas Clinic. The last one, I think, was the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the rugby player, Daniel, who was only 23, which seems, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> just a little bit uh, young. The Daily Mail today, concentrate on Sasha Buckley, morning rifleman Daniel Hume, one of eight soldiers whose bodies came home yesterday. They all tried to be uh, so strong about it, and uh, the crowds did turn out for them and paid their respects. Uh, I mentioned yesterday the Sasha Baron Cohen film is going to be cleaned up so that young people can go and watch it. They're obviously desperate to try and get a young audience in, although, to be honest with you, I don't know whether young people are going to become more homophobic watching this, uh, or whether or not... I mean, why on earth you'd want to go and see this film? I cannot imagine. I find nothing. Uh, and are you a hopeless romantic? Because apparently Britain... Uh, has more utterly hopeless romantics than anywhere else. The top ten romantic gestures from a woman's standpoint, OK? This is what, this is what women want, apparently. First of all, make her a compilation of her favourite music. I bet you most people haven't got the faintest idea what music you like. Nine, send her a box of uh, chocolates or a bouquet of flowers. Offer a coat when she's cold. Seven, wake her up with breakfast in bed. <coughs> Excuse me, an utterly pointless exercise as far as I'm concerned. You know, there you are, deep in the land of Nod, and somebody goes, wake up, there you go, egg on toast. You're joking, aren't you? Egg I've just woken up. There you go, come on before it gets cold. I've just woken up, go away. And I've got you some coffee and an orange juice and a... F go away. I want to go to sleep. Apparently, send her a romantic text or email, or leave a loving note around the house. The bath's filthy, clean it. OK. Run at a relaxing bath after she's had a bath. Yeah, right. I think most men now had to turn on a bath. I shouldn't think so. Uh, four, tell her she's the most wonderful woman you've ever met today. Three, write her a song or a poem. <laughs> we can do all sorts of funny poems. Uh, two, whisk her away somewhere exciting for the weekend. Or one, this is the number one romantic thing, apparently, cover her eyes and lead her for a lovely surprise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
Make up your own jokes, I should imagine, because we're romantic. It's nice, isn't it? 84850, uh, Steve the Builder says, squatters can't break and has to be an open door or window. I know, but most people do it, I'm afraid. So, um, you know, people can do that. And they do do it. They do do it constantly. They do it constantly. People go, well, the window looked open to me. Looked open to me. But it had taken 18 months to get this, uh, this pair into uh, court and to imprison him. Bit of a shame, isn't it, really? It's always nice to finish on something negative. I was hoping it was going to be positive. Uh, that's it. We're back uh, tomorrow. So if you uh, go to lbc.co.uk, then what you can do is actually uh, you can download the podcast, you can read the blog, you can check out the YouTube videos. We've got loads, actually. If you just go onto YouTube and type in Steve Allen LBC, you'll find all sorts of things, including the Fives Company stuff. And, uh, and if you read the blog, and if you, if you don't podcast, or you don't know how to podcast, then my advice is podcast as quickly as possible. It's only from as little as uh, £2 a month. Nick is with you next, right here on LBC 97.3. No! What? I've locked my keys.